0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Abram Kipalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome. This is uh, Ramban versus Rambam. Tonight, uh, we are dedicating this shiur uh, appropriately, I think, very much
1: to the memory of Rabbi Masoud Asher
0: ben Beda uh, Perez, Rabbi Masoud Asher Perez. And I'm reading here, as you can see, uh, I put it up here on the screen, uh, something that has been uh, written by one of his granddaughters, that Masoud uh, was born in uh, Spanish Tangier where he lived most of his young adult life. From there he moved to France with his wife and children. And he was nifter in France, but, uh, he is remembered as a devoted husband, a loving father, and an amazing, the most amazing grandfather. A happy and positive person, always surrounded by people, and everyone who knew him and loved him. There, this, uh, there's one warm memory that his granddaughter uh, has from one of his visits there at Cicero, where he would wander on his own to be found in one of the many coffee shops Surrounded by Israeli soldiers who would sit listening to his charming stories while he paid for their meals, uh, I'll just say, as a so, as a father of a of, of a soldier from Eretz Yisrael, I can very much appreciate the fact that somebody would pay for uh, a soldier's meals and show a connection to them.
1: Like
0: like this story, there's so many similar ones where his charm, charisma, and charity were clearly abundant. Uh he had the most important thing. The granddaughter says was his love for Hashem and Eretz Yisrael. Uh He was world class cantor, a chazan, a bal Kore, or as my son would say, a bal Kriah, who knew the Torah, neviyim, and ketuvim with all its grammar. And they settled the grand, the, the uh, Rav Masod and his and his wife settled in Ivry, France, uh, where they opened their. He opened his own shul and managed it for the rest of his life. And the belief, and I, I, I'll add my own belief to that, that the world probably lost one of the best chazanim uh, that had ever existed. And I think it's appropriate that the topic tonight is a continuation of the uh, of a huge subject, which is the idea of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael uh, in the hashkafa of the two great giants,
1: Ramban and the Ramban. So last week,
0: uh, last week you might remember that we started to bite a little bit off of the Ramban, starting to understand where he was coming from and how he differs with the Ramban. Um, I, this week, I believe the Ramban's position is probably even more important to speak about because of the psukim because of the uh, psukim in the present in this week's parsha um but i'm going to start as usual um sort of with the rambam a little bit um and and this this relates to a question that at the end if you listen you know at the end of last week's class um that uh mrs uh dr uh, appleson dr go dr appleson was asking me about what is exactly the difference between the two. They obviously both, you cannot deny the significance of Eretz Yisrael and being an Eretz Yisrael. What's the exact nature of the debate between the Rambam and the Ramban? And that's what I'd like to be able to talk about tonight. In order to do so, however, I want to start with some very strong statements from the Rambam again and explain them. And then I'd like to show you where the Ramban is coming from. And I'm going to point out when we do so, the places that the Rambam would reject.
1: Okay, so let us start with the Rambam. The Rambam, uh, we've already noted that he does not in his book of mitzvot,
0: he does not count a specific mitzvah of Yishu of Eretz Yisrael to move to Eretz Yisrael, to live in Eretz Yisrael. And this is what we were speaking about last week. However, there are two other mitzvahs that the Rambam does count. Last week, we talked about the mitzvah of killing the nations that were living in Eretz Yisrael or Eretz Canaan at the time, and what the significance of Eliminating them were. Well, how much that was tied in, was it part of yeshiva Aretz, or was it making the world free, or making that important place in the world free of Avodah Zarah? It didn't seem like the Rambam felt that there was more to that mitzvah other than getting
1: rid of the people that represent Avodah Zarah. So, here,
0: however, I think we're going to find that the Rambam says something more than that. This is an interesting mitzvah. It's in parshas the, the, the Parsha that has more mitzvot than any other mitzvot, than any other Parsha in the Torah. That, of course, is Parshat ki seizeh. In Parshat ki seizeh, the Torah writes, Now, the simple shot in that pasuk seems to be that Uh, The Evid is someone who is, uh, the psukim are speaking about a war that's occurring between the Jewish people and some unstated nation, some anonymous nation. Right after that, the Torah says that if an Evid breaks the line, just like in the Civil War, so to speak, that an Evid uh, who had been a slave to the other armies runs away into our ranks, we should not return that slave which the simple pshat would mean. In fact, Rashi quotes that as the posh pshat and the posuk based on the Targum, that that is a non-Jewish slave who runs away
1: from a non-Jewish camp. That's what they're referring to. It's referring to uh, a non-Jew.
0: And of course, you, you want to return him back to a life of idolatry. But the Rambam, quoting the as you'll see, based on the Gemara Gitin, says that this is a mitzvah of, that it's a Jewish owner. We know, and this is a very touchy subject today, because slavery, I believe, and the idea of slavery, and the, the centrality of slavery, Avdut, in capitalism in the United States, all over the world, is one of the most fiercely debated subjects today and, and, and uh, we'll maybe have another shear where we'll speak about how the Torah sanctions Avdus. But as people, as students of mine, and if you've listened to me speak about this topic, I've spoken uh, about the idea that slavery, unfortunately, um, we have a, 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 an idea in our mind when we hear the word evid of, uh, of an antebellum south, southern slave on a plantation being whipped mercilessly. That's not the Torah's concept of what an Evid is, at least uh, the Evid, even what we call the Evid Knani. Um, that's not the idea of an Evid. Clearly you're not free, and in, in many ways you could say it's dehumanizing, but it's, it, it, it's definitely, it doesn't have the brutal element, uh, that we are familiar with, uh, that we, in our mind. So, but anyway, this is an Evid of a Jew. Okay asher barach he's run away Lo you you cannot according to the rambam based on the gemara return him back he's property the torah allows slavery okay in fact let me make this even clearer In Eretz Yisrael, there were non, there were slaves. (laughs) The Jews owned slaves in Eretz Yisrael. That slave cannot go to Bethany and say, free me, because he is living in Eretz Yisrael. But a slave who runs away from Chutzlaretz, who's owned by a good Jewish family, they're not mistreating him they're following the halakha of how you have to treat an evet an indentured servant like that but he runs away to live in eretz israel the beddin who is ever in charge in eretz israel cannot cannot return him back which means let me say it even better even if they they run after him and they discover him and they say to him come back whatever your issues are in fact even if they say, you want to live in Eretz Yisrael? Oh, we were always planning to live in Eretz Yisrael. We'll live with you. No. They have to free him. Bezdin says to the owner, you're not in charge anymore. One, one thing you'll get here, we're going to give you an IOU. V'yichtuv alav damav You're going to get money. Here's money.
1: Uh if
0: he has, if he doesn't, you'll collect over the years. You can live in Eretz Yisrael if you want. We welcome you. Go back to Chutzlaret. But this man is free. And we're going to make sure you he's now a free man. He owes money, but he's a free man. And that's what the Pasuk says, And he says, you look in the Gemar Gittin, that's what it's talking about. Now, let me explain again here. That this is this is an incredible mitzvah. Where what we're doing, we're taking away private property. We force him to write a get. The Beltin beats the guy up if he if he refuses. He becomes a totally free person with a debt, but a free man with a debt. Now I have to tell you, the Rambam's position here is not agreed upon by everyone. The Tosfot and others say, we don't <laughs> say that, that, okay, he goes to Eretz Israel, but you sell him to someone else in Eretz Yisrael. No. That's, that's the opinion of Tosfot. Tosfot's quoting Rabbi, to, Rabbi Yosef, who might be known as Rabbi Yosef Pachor Shor, or different Rabbi Yosef, one of the Baliat Tosfot, says, that if, it, if, an, if this situation occurs, you understand what I'm saying? The Evid isn't free. He stays in Eretz Yisrael, but he's still an Evid. And the owner doesn't have to lose his money. The owner might have paid good money and might have treated the Evid perfectly. But according to the Rambam, what is it did? We free the man which we would not free. Remember what I'm saying. We don't free the Avodim in Eretz Yisrael. There's no Emancipation Proclamation in Eretz Yisrael. But someone who shows that he wants to be in Eretz Yisrael, he wants to live in Eretz Yisrael, <laughs> he wants to be underneath that holy place. This is a non-Jew. Remember what we're talking about? We're talking about a person who was not born a Jew at all. He's born, he's been, he comes from some other nation in those days, an uncivilized nation in, in, in our mind. And yet something got into him that he wants to be an Eretz Israel. The Mokomator Hanivchar. Now, the in the in the original translation of the Sefer Mitzos, the words were kibbutzanikbad, but Rav kapach translates it as Laam which means. That, uh, he's, he wants to be in this pure place that has been chosen for this elevated people. So the Rambam says that that, you just cashed in. Now Tosfot, Rabbi Yosef asks on this opinion. He says, then every everyone's gonna run away. <laughs> every, you, you've destroyed private property because every uh, individual will just run away to Eretz role. I don't have an answer for that right now. What I'm trying to show you is the Rambam's understanding of this mitzvah was that this person wants to be part of that place that has been designated for this elevated people. He now becomes that elevated people because of his desire, because he ran away had he lived in Eretz Yisrael and been born there, or had, had the army brought him into Israel and there he was sold as an Evid, this halacha does not apply. So this seems to show you that the desire to be in that pure place, knowing it, it's the place for the elevated people, for the people that have been chosen for something important, that has a power to it, that this, that's bigger than private property. It's a power that Torah actually destroys and takes away your rights. If you look in the Gemara Gita that the Rambam is quoting, the Gemara says that if the person refuses, they free him. And this is what the Rambam actually says in Yilchol Savodim. I didn't have time to copy it for you. But the Rambam says that if the person doesn't agree, Bezdin frees him, and the guy goes home with nothing. One other point. This halacha that I just said, which is about the Eved, the Rambam goes out of his way in Hilchus, uh, uh Avodim to say, this is even in today's time. Even in today's time, when there is no Beit HaMikdash, and there's no Korbanos, this halacha applies. So that's a very powerful statement of the Rambam of the significance of the desire to become part of the life in Eretz Yisrael, what, it's, what, what it means. That's one Rambam. Here's another one, also from the Sefer Mitzvos. This Rambam is uh, is is, the, is a Rambam about what, what some consider the one of the most important mitzvot of the Torah, which is the chadashim velechasev chadashim v'shanim. Otherwise, now we call this as Kiddush HaChodesh, the very first mitzvah given to the Jewish people as a people uh, in Mitzrayim. Now, we know that this is a mitzvah that uh, isn't (laughs) meaning, what does it mean, Kiddush HaChodesh? Just to explain, it's the mitzvah to um, accept the testimony. But more than the acceptance of the testimony, it's to establish Rosh Chodesh and all the holidays and fast days and everything that come out of having a uh, a stable calendar. Now, the Rambam says this mitzvah is not mesur l'ko'ish v'ish. It's not just like
1: Shabbat, where count the seven days, you know what the seventh day is. This needs... This needs what? You need bedin. You need a bedin agadol, and it has
0: to be in Eretz Yisrael specifically. Therefore, the Rambam says we don't have the bedin agadol anymore. However, what we do have is uh, just we can still have the holidays. How does that happen? We don't have the bedin agadol, so there's no testimony anymore, as you know. And in fact. Um, he says the Karaites, uh, who the Rambam was, was always fighting, uh, especially from the time he moved to Mitzrayim, he fought the Karayim, the Karites, who were of the opinion that there was no mitzvah of Kiddush Achodesh. Kiddush Achodesh, there never was this idea of Desden sitting there and testimony. And many of you know about the Baitusim and, and their uh, the Gemara Minochos and others to talk about how they tried to, in uh, and, and the Gemara Beitzah and other places, that the people who denied Torah Pe consistently tried to cancel this whole idea that a Bezdin needed to hear testimony about where the moon was in order to determine what the first day of the month was. There was always this idea that it's based on the knowledge of the, of the movement of the moon, and you don't need to have any sort of oral testimony about it. It's all based on the uh, scientific knowledge that was established over generations of how the the moon moves and when it appears. And you don't really need anything of of, of Besdin being involved. That's part of the reason why the Tzadukim were so upset about this mitzvah and they tried to sabotage it with, you know, incredible, not only protests, but they tried to do whatever they could against it. The Rambam says that, it's not only the Karaites who have a mistake about this. The Rambam says there's Rabbanim. Also, there's Talmudic HaKhamim who are on our side who don't understand what this mitzvah is. What's the problem that the Rambam is talking about? The Rambam is talking that the problem is that how do we have a calendar today when there is no Biddyan and nobody is testifying? Therefore, people, and I'm going to tell you who he was referring to. He's referring to Rav Yagon. Gon. Rav Gon is of the opinion that When there is no betin, the calendar kicks in. The calendar was a chashbon that the betin always had. And if there's a betin, the betin hears the testimony. But they've got their eyes on the computer screen, hoping that it's going to align with what they have in their knowledge book. But the main thing Sadia said was the chashbon. And the Cheshbon was something that you could figure out. If you were an astronomer, you were able to figure out exactly what the Cheshbon was. And that's the reason why the Cheshbon is the most important thing. Bezdin is not part of it today. That's basically the opinion of Sadia. The Rambam says that's a big mistake. In fact, they are
1: people who believe that are walking in the dark, the, the intense darkness. Now, if that's true, how is it that we have holidays today? So the Ramam says
0: that, um, first of all, it can only be in Eretz Yisrael. You can only have that in Eretz Yisrael, the knowledge or when, or, or the, the development of the Rosh Chodesh of, of all the months has to come out of Eretz Yisrael. Now, if there, if it's some extreme situation, and all the Chachamim have been driven out of Eretz Israel. so then, as long as it's a Betin that got smicha in Eretz Israel, as long as the members of the Betin were in Eretz Israel to get their smicha, they can do it, they can then, because they need to live in Chutzlaretz, because Eretz Israel is dangerous, they can be Ma'abra Chadashim in Chutzlaretz, which is what Rabbi Akiva did. But the Rambam says it's only in the most extreme situation. Normally, we need these people in Eretz Yisrael. If they can't be, it's like they're in Eretz Yisrael because they got their smicha there. So even though physically they happen to be in Bavel or some other place, but if they had their smicha in Eretz Yisrael, they are, in a sense, in Eretz Yisrael. Now, let's normative. Bet the Nagodo, of course, is in Eretz Yisrael. And they are the ones who are going to decide what the months are. They're going to add, uh, uh, they're going to add 30 days or 29 days to the calendar based on principles that they knew. And he says that this is one of the great, look at the the Rambam's Lush on here. And again, we don't have the original Arabic. This was a translation from the Arabic, but it captures the Rambam's excitement about this. <laughs> this is one of the most important principles of the principles of faith. In fact, it cannot be known or understood. <laughs> okay? You have to be a very deep thinker to understand this, the Rambam says. What is that? <laughs> What are we doing? We are in Chutzlah yes. And what are we doing? We have the astro- astronomical cheshbon. Not everyone, but there's enough chachamim who understand it. And we have our calendars written up based on those astronomical cheshbonot. And in fact, in every Beit Knesset, we announce when is Rosh Chodesh, what day is Yom Tov, don't think it's because of our cheshpon. Don't think it's because we've got it right, because we're smart. El Now this word, kvar, I, I, I've looked in the Arabic. I am not sure if this it, it was in the Arabic. In the standard translation from the Arabic, this is a word that appears. Let's look at it again. The Bezden in Eretz Yisrael, Kavar Kavuhu Zechayom. They have already established it Rosh Chodesh or today. Now he's talking about we're going to be keeping Rosh Hashanah soon, we're going to be keeping Sukkot soon, Yom Kippur. The reason why the months are the months, the reason why it is the 10th of Tishrei is not because we know that's the way the calendar works. It's because the Bezden in Eretz Yisrael has already established this day as Rosh Chodesh. And um, it's because they said it's Rosh Chodesh. And they said it's Yom Tov. That's the reason why it's Rosh Chodesh or Yom Tov. And whatever they did, the Rambam says they could have used Riyah if it was possible. They could have used testimony or they could have used Cheshvot. But they have, they have, it's got to be them who does it.
1: Va'anachnu, us. True, Nechashavayom, even though we've got our calendars,
0: but it's only figuring out G'day hayom Shekobuhem, to figure out the day that they already established, as he said, Kfar. Now, who's they? That means the B'nai Eretz They've already established that this day is Rosh Chodesh. Why? Be, now, Remember the word Kvar? Here the Rambam seems to say that something is happening now. Let me explain this better. From the word Kvar, you almost could learn there was a bezdin in Eretz Yisrael, And this, of course, the Ramb- is the Rambam's opinion. Uh, he says it in Gitin, in, in, in his book on the uh, Rif called Sefer HaZachut, where he says, and you probably have heard this before, some of you that are listening, that there was a man called Hillel Hanassi or Hillel Nisiyah, the very he wasn't really a nasi, but he was an nasi in a way because there was a there was a semblance of a bet din of, of chachamim right before there was going to be nothing left in Eretz Israel.
1: This would he was right, and this Hillel Hanassi or Hillel Nisiyah, was Koveya
0: Rosh Chodesh for all time till Mashiach. That's what, that, I don't have the Ramban here in front of me, but this is, this is the Ramban and others have a tradition that this is true. Okay. The Rambam is saying something different. In other words, what I just said means really there was, there was this incredible bit that realized we're not going to have a bit in anymore for who knows how long. We are no longer going to have a bit in anymore. So, what we're going to do is create, we're going to put up the calendar, and we hereby pronounce all the Yomim Tov, all the Rosh till the Mashiach's time. And therefore, if that would be Kavar. That would be, it happened back then, in that last Bezdin that ever lived in Eretz Yisrael. But the Rambamir says, <laughs> Mohen vikoven hayom they in Israel are using astronomical hashvan today they're not using riyah the and we are depending
1: on them we are uh depending on them akvi osam nismokh ro'o hashvanai hm avo Ooh, the musa.
0: Our Cheshbon only tells us what they did. All right. So there's two possibilities here in the Rambam. One possibility is what I just said from the Rambam. But I don't believe that that is the case. The other possibility is that even today,
1: the people in Eretz Yisrael, the Bezdin in Eretz Yisrael is doing it. Now, the Rambam was writing in a period, I mentioned this after we stopped recording last week,
0: that the Rambam was in, tried to live in Eretz Israel, but wasn't able to, and went back to Mitzrayim. There was no Bezden agado in Eretz Israel in the time of the Rambam, when he wrote this book.
1: He wrote it in Mitzrayim. He wrote it as the introduction to the Mishnah Torah. So what bezin was he referring to? Was there a Bezdin HaGadol in Eretz Yisrael? The Rambam actually makes
0: this problem worse when he says, he says, I want to explain it better. If you could think that the Bnei Eretz Yisrael, there wouldn't be a Jew in Israel, but chas v'shalom khalila that can never happen. Why? He's already said that he's not going to destroy our people totally. Let's step back for a second. The Rambam says that you need to say that there was a, there is there's always going to be a community in Israel. Because God already promised that there's always going to be one. What was His promise? Because He says He's not going to destroy Klal Yisrael. So destroying—look what the Rambam just said. Destroying. If there isn't a Yishu of an Eretz Yisrael, if there aren't people in Eretz Yisrael, that means there's not an Ummah. <laughs> he says God already promised there's always that He's not. However, uh, however low we have been brought, there's going to be a Jewish people. And there's going to be signs of those people. And the signs of, the, but if there's no Jew living in Israel, in Eretz Israel, then the Rambam says, it's as if God has destroyed the Jewish people. And the Rambam promised that's not going to happen. But let's say the Rambam says, for argument's sake, that promise was never made. And let's say it would be possible to say, there's not one Jew living in Eretz Israel. And he says, Velo lo and there's no bezdin there. And there's no vloye bechutzaretz bezdin And there's nobody who, who had smicha who could somehow do it like Rabbi Akiva did. So he says, so we would not, our cheshbon would mean nothing. Meaning, we would not have a Rosh Chodesh. And we wouldn't have a yom kippur. And we wouldn't have a pesach. Because it has to happen on the 14th, on the 15th day of Nisan, there cannot be a Nisan. There wouldn't be a Yom Kippur. So basically, all, uh, an extreme amount of our uh, Yahadut
1: would would totally be missing. Because we can't do it in Chutzlaret, as we said, Ki mitzion
0: Torah u'dvar Hashem In other words, he knows people like Rav and others disagree with this. But he said, if you are objective and if you think about it clearly, you'll see that it will be clear to you everything that I've written. What does he say? He says, You won't have any doubt about it. Now, um, this statement of the Rambam, was uh, explained by the Khatam Sofer, by Rav Moshe Sofer, the Chatham Sofer. And um, as he says, and I'm quoting here from the two chuvas from the Sofer, where he mentions this Rambam, and he says that
1: first he sort of feels that um what could the Rambam mean when he said there's
0: a bet in the Eretz Israel today? It must be, he agrees with Ramban in a way, that there was this last Bez. And had they not done it, the Kedusha would not go out to Kual Yisrael. But if there's no people living there, then whatever Hillel did is gone too. Virov mitzvot betelot khalila. So therefore, the Chassam Sofer says, based on the Rambam, not the Ramban, based on the Rambam, we've got to make sure there's people living in Eretz Yisrael. We need, the Chassam Sofer says, to make sure, and this was written in, in the 1830s, a couple of years before the Chassam Sofer died, we need to do whatever we can to, to send money to people in Eretz Yisrael to make sure that there's Jewish people that can live there. Because, I know that they're living in a difficult way. But Matsok, Metzok, I know it's difficult for them. There isn't an economy. There isn't uh, an ability to own land. There isn't an ability to really live, like we would say, with kavod all the time, and having your own property and being able to to have your own jobs. And to, that's the way it was in that beginning of the 19th century. And all the 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 the, the Ashkenazim, especially. What were they doing? They, we, those of you that are from Israel know, you've heard about the, the Chalukah, part of what um, in the Zionist history uh, goes out of its way uh, to sort of damn the Chalukah, how terrible it was, that it was It was not what Yisheh B'erat should be. It wasn't farming. It wasn't ownership. It was just a bunch of Jews relying on tzedakah. Um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But the Chatham Sofer, based on the Rambam, is justifying the Chalukah uh, and saying that even though they're just up there to learn Torah, but we need to support them. Aleinu muta yeshivas eretz Lo it's
1: not to help them do the mitzvah. Ele is divrei because
0: based on this Rambam, there wouldn't be a Torah if, if there aren't people there. If they decide the Arabs running the, are running the place in 1830, it's just
1: too difficult, and there's no and there's and you can't find Jews living there, then there is no Torah. Because what's going to happen?
0: The Torah is gone. Tafu So that is the Chassam Sofer's one statement. The Chassam Sofer says, okay, now. Um Sofer in a different tshuva, uh Works with another yisod of the Rambam. So let's 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 step back and review what we've done so far. The first thing I I, I did with you tonight was the halacha of losaskir evad Adonav according to the Rambam, where the Rambam has an opinion it's shared by others, but the Rambam has a very strong, sharp opinion about what does it mean. I want to live in Eretz Yisrael. And how it really, what happens is it destroys private the rules of private property, the desire in this situation to live in Eretz Israel, and, uh, for what that means. Because you're part of the place that's meant, the spiritual, uh, pure place that's meant for Eretz, for the Jews, for Kuala Yisrael. The second Rambam that we're doing shows you, that there needs to be a Yishuv in Eretz Israel, because without the Yishuv, <laughs> and again, this is not for those that were with me last week after the Shi'a. We're talking about how the mitzvah is very, Yishuv Eretz Israel is a mitzvah that includes your whole life. That's not the point that I'm making here. <laughs> not the idea that, 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 that you need to live there in order to do all the mitzvahs and to be the good Jew. There's a special halakha that the Jewish calendar is based on having Jews in Eretz Yisrael. If there isn't a yeshiv there, there's no calendar. The Chetam Sofer then adds a third idea that I haven't yet introduced to you. And I was thinking of doing this at a different time. I'm going to introduce it. I'm going to, we're going to get back to it at a different shiur because it's a very big subject. And that is, is Yerushalayim and the makam of
1: the Kodesh Kadashim, does it have the kedusha that it had during the time of the Beit Hamikdash or not? And
0: this, of course, is relevant if whether we can take a walk on Harabayit, can we go there? Are you? Can you stick your fingers into the to the wall of the kotel? Right. This is a very important question. The Rambam's opinion is and the rap is that there's the kedushah has never left since the time of Ezra even though the korban occurred Yerushalayim and the mikdash are still have kedushah and if a person is 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 a zav or a meis and he goes into that spot he would have to, he would be khaif karet the Raivad disagrees, and it's interesting that the Raivad, according to many sources, was the father of what eventually became the Kabbalistic system. It was his son, known as Rabbi Yitzchak Sagi Nahor, who was blind, who taught Rab Azriel and Rabbi Ezra. They taught the Ramban, and that was part of this mesora that um, went from Provence, which was southern France, into Spain, crossing over uh, the Darendels into Spain. And this was the Kabbalistic tradition that when we talk about the Ramban being a balsud, there's a direct line between the Ramban and the Raivad. The Raivad, who was from Provence, disagrees, or Avram Ben Dover of he says that there is no Kiddushah in the Kodesh HaKadoshim today. It's been Batel. And based on the Raivad, you maybe could go with a Harabais, but the Rambam says the kedusha is still there. The Chafar quotes this Rambam and says that this kedusha is there at kol lo and Yerushalayim is still there as kadosh. And therefore, even though the Rambam does not count.
1: Yeshivat Eretz Yisrael. Somebody has a comment? Um, I I have not heard that that was the the
0: issue, uh, Jessica. Um, Jessica Savit writes to me that uh, she has heard that the the Rambam and the Raivet were arguing whether the Oron is the Oron there or not. Um, That's interesting. I'd have to look into that. Uh, there's a lot of uh, explanations about this Machloket. Um, in other words, Jessica is saying that the Rambam, um, who writes in Sefer Mitzvah, that the Oron is still there, so the Oron is generating the Kedusha there. Um, I'll tell you why, again, I, it's a, it's a, this is like a topic on its own, and we should probably look at the sources, but the Rambam doesn't say it's because the Oron is there. When the Rambam in Hilchus Beis HaBechira, he just says that the Kedush of Ezra is it lasts forever. Rav Soloveitchik explained that it had to do with the fact that it wasn't based on war. Again, you probably have heard things like this before. Last week, one of the issues that some people had with the Shi'ur, I heard from some feedback, was that this was uh, material they had heard before and it was hard for them to separate what it was that we were saying different from things that they had absorbed in the past. So anyone who's heard shiurim in this area probably has heard similar things. So I apologize in advance, but Rav Salveitchik explains the idea of the Rambam. And this is a very beautiful piece uh, that you can find in the book, uh, his Sefer Al-Atshuvah, uh that was collected by Pinchas Pele, that, the um and you can find it in the Avi Mori, where of says the reason behind this
1: uh is because <laughs> okay uh, yeah that's a good so I'll tell you what Rav says he says that the um
0: that uh Ezra uh his kedusha could not be canceled by the Hurban of the Romans. In other words, Yeshua, basically, it was fight fire with fire. Yeshua conquers the land, like the mitzvah we talked about last week, driving out the enemy, containing them, controlling them, being coveted them completely. And now what happens is, is that, um, uh, the Babylonians, the Assyrians destroy the base of Okay, so fire and fire, power and power. Whereas Ezra never really used warfare. What he used was Torah. He used the basic idea of, of a Torah community, and therefore, even Jerusalem uh, was was mekudesh with kedushas haTorah, and and shlomah melech in a sense, right? That's why that's why Ezra's kedusha was not bought. And Shlomo Amelach, who was Makadish the Beis Hamikdash, and it might be what Jessica was saying that they made sure the organ was hidden there. That kedusha also is never canceled because the kedusha of Torah can't be canceled, and the kedusha of of the Beis Hamikdash can't be canceled. And that's the Rambam's opinion about Eretz Yisrael B'smanas that the kedusha is still there. So now we have a third Rambam
1: <laughs> that. That again, here we have on one hand the rambam does not count this as a mitzvah, the rambam does not count uh, this as a mitzvah. Um, yeah, again, you know. Uh, there are
0: Midrashim, Scott asks that there are Midrashim that, that say that even the time of Yaakov Avinu,
1: the place was Makudish by itself. Um yes, that there was a Kedusha there. I understand what Scott's
0: point is. Scott, uh, uh points out that there are Midrashim that talk about the Kedusha of, 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 of Mokam of Amitash, even before Shwema HaMelech, that it's and kodosh and has the kiddush on its own. All that might be fine. And really, it's it's really, you know, the rationale is really not what's important here. What's important is the codification of the Rambam. The Rambam's codification of these as truths. And And that's why the Chassam Sofer, you know, in a different shuva, says that um, look how incredible whether you count it as a mitzvah or not look what the Rambam is saying about the significance of Eretz Yisrael.
1: Um and and, 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 and the Chassam Sofer points out he says the Rambam wrote that God promised that
0: the nation won't be destroyed, which means that even if we have beautiful communities in Stockholm and in Preshburg and in Borough Park and in and in Lakewood,
1: that would be considered the nation has been destroyed. That would be called Oma. Be, Right Now and therefore there needs to be, the Kh Sofer says,
0: even though there might have been this last bezden. There needs to be karmin v'yog v'im Yisrael. <laughs> there needs to be at least farmers there. because And what are those farmers going to do? They're orthodox. They're from enough <laughs> that when it becomes the time of Rishchodesh, what do those farmers do? <laughs> they take out a book that tells them, based on a calendar that they probably got from Europe, when Rishchodesh is. But because there's a farmer who's taking his calendar out and looking at it and saying, oh, it's going to be Rosh Oh, it's going to be Yom Kippur. And it's going to be Rosh Chodesh Tishrei then. It's going to be Rosh Hashanah then. Because of that farmer, that's the reason why that guy who's sitting there in the beginning of the 19th century when HaSlam Sofer is writing, the early part of the 19th century, and sweat on his brow, and he's got some little, I'm not sure how he's surviving, if he owns the property that he's, that he's working on. But because of that recognition of that poor, humble Jew, you have Mo'adim b'chol
1: And if not, what would happen? It would be the of Kol HaTorah Chalila. Okay. And there's no Uma, even. There's no Jewish people. And that's the destruction. A God says it's never going to happen because it's always going to be that. But that's what it could be. Now, and as he says, nire midvarov kivow
0: nifchasa The point there is, is that Eretz Yisroh is always holy. And it doesn't make a difference if we're doing mitzvahs there. The Rambam must hold that the land itself is Kodesh, as we said, because the Kedusha is still there, especially since the time of, of Ezra. And Yerushalayim, from the time of Shlomo, whether it has to do with the hiding of the Aaron, or whatever Shlomo Melch was able to do, maybe your Shlomayim is somehow connected to Ezra's Kedusha, like Rav Salvechik says in a couple of places, therefore the Kedusha is still there. So I spent a lot of time here on
1: this Rambam. And these are Rambams that we did not talk about last week. And yet, I
0: do not believe <laughs> that the, Ramb- the Rambam would agree with the Ramban. And the main point, which I want to try to do in the the minutes that are left to us, is something from this week's Parsha coming up, which I'm sure many of you have heard. I'm going to um,
1: flip here through. Let's see if we have it. Okay. Let's talk about the psukim in this week's Parsha
0: the um right everybody knows that
1: right Sfaradim out there you don't say that you whisper it but you say it what comes after that
0: the is divrei elav alav chamnafcha the
1: Ram, the ramban quotes this amazing sifre why does it say
0: avadta mehera right after it says then it says vesamtam is divrei elav alav which means we're going to lose our land. <laughs> That's you know what you're going to do in, a, in, in Chutz La'aretz? You know what you're going to do? You're going to learn Torah. You're going to wear tefillin and you're going to put mezuzot up. What's the connection? You just said you lost Eretz Yisroh. You were, you were full of yourself. You, you forgot about God you weren't doing the mitzvot, God threw you out of Eretz Yisroh. you know what? Learn Torah, study Torah, wear tefillin, and put mezuzot up. Which means, the Sifrei says, you're right, you're not in Eretz Yisroh. But still, be mitzuyanim be mitzvot.
1: What does that mean? Stand out! Tziyunim, shekeshetachzeru lo yelechem chadashim.
0: Some of you have heard this before. Anytime you hear it, you should go into shock, though. (laughs) We talked about this is, what does it say? You know why you have to do mitzvot? Stand out. You're going to be in Galut for a long time. The Torah told us that. But make sure when you're in Galut, do mitzvot. Because this way, when you come back, those mitzvot won't won't be difficult for you. The king got upset and the phrase says that on his wife. She runs away wildly to her father or he throws her out and she goes back in shame to her father's house. And he sends her a message. Still wear all the finery, all the wedding bands, all the stuff that we had when we were living together. Why? Because when I bring you back, I don't want you to be like, I'm not used to this. I don't want you to become different. Things will change. But keep on wearing that stuff. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to us.
1: And that's the Pasuk in, in Yirmiya. HaTzivi
0: Lach Tzionim. Simulach tamrurim sheteli bech la masila derech cholacht shuvi betulat yisrael shuvi el arayech eila. What is the what's the Khazal drash here? Shuvi means what? Mitzvot. Meaning set up for yourself. You're going into galut. Jeremiah said. Yirmiyahu said. Have tziyunim. What is it? tziyun? A tzion, simple pshat is, it's a sign, a post, something that shows you what to do. Do mitzvot to stand out. Those are your tzionim. Those are your signposts back. And what is the tamruvrim? That's what we just did on Tisha Bav. That's kormen Beta mikdash. In other words, do mitzvot. That's one recipe. Second recipe in galut is, think about the qurban. Make it real in your mind. The third thing is, think about what we're doing wrong.
1: Think about the paths that we've taken. And do tshuva. And if that, if you do those three things, Yirmiya
0: tells us, we're going back. We're going back to Yerushalayim if we do that. Now, The Ramban quotes this Chazal in a number of places. And he says that I'm going to develop it further. But think about what I just said. What I just said was that the purpose of doing mitzvot was to get into practice, to not forget, to do the mitzvot, because if not, we're going to lose, uh, it's going to be like it's going to be old. It's going to, it's going to, we're going, going to become rusty. <laughs> and the purpose of doing these mitzvot, what I just said, which was learning, well, learning Torah even, and, and, and putting on tefillin and putting our mezuzah on, all of those were only there to be
1: in training for when we go back. Now, what that means is something very powerful. What that means is that
0: the mitzvot that we keep in Chul, in Chutzloretz,
1: don't work the same way they work in Eretz Yisrael. So it isn't just the mitzvot at yod baaretz.
0: Even in any mitzvah, whether it's Tfilin or Mezuzah, as he says, the Ramban in Parshas uh, Achrimos, you can be the firmest Jew in Chul, in, in Chul Florence. You can be the Satmirov. But ain't Tahira Bosh Why? Because the Ramban says, and the Ramban has a very complicated
1: situation here. He says that there are different countries, uh, and again, here is where the Rambam would disagree. And this is based on the Rambam's hatred of astronomy,
0: of astrology, I'm sorry. Astronomy the Rambam loved. <laughs> astrology he hated. Here's the Rambam. God, of course, creates and is in charge ultimately of everything. The sum the power that moves
1: the lower worlds, he placed in the upper worlds. Yeah, we talked about that last week. That was uh, uh, that
0: was uh, the Ramban statement from last week, and what the, the, the Rambam. Right. The Rambam actually does not quote that Chazal that Jessica mentions about about and that's one of the things which, and there's a reason I think the Rambam does not quote it. The, the, the Ramban makes it very mechanical. And part of the mechanism that he creates here, now there's a very spiritual, beautiful idea here, but the dress that he puts on this spiritual idea is something that I believe would be an anathema to the Rambam. Because the way the Ramban explains it is God creates everything. He puts a power in every, look what he says here, there was this idea that certain countries were influenced more by certain stars. In other words, certain constellations and collections of stars were closer or more influential to certain parts of the planet, certain pieces of real estate. And there was this other idea, which actually the Rambam shared, which we've sort of rejected in our globalism, that pieces of land were connected to certain people, that the people in this land were connected to the people who lived on that land, the very Hegelian idea that the land and the people who live in the land are really one essence. And therefore, throughout the planet, as he says, different spots of geography have different kochavim, have different stars. Umazol yidua. Kashernoda noda naninus. This is astrology. Astrology teaches us, the pseudoscience of astrology teaches us that there are certain planets and, and stars that have an influence over certain pieces of real estate. And that's what the Torah says, that the nations have that. Why? They all have mazalot. They all have mazalot bashamayim. Those are the collections of stars that have a greater influence on certain uh, countries, and the people live in that country. But on top of the stars, which are powerful, are Malachi Elyon, are angels of God. And God gave them a job. What's their job? Liotam Sari God allowed them to be the controllers of the constellations. And as we find the Pzuchim and Danil, There's the Tsar of Malchus Paras, Tsar Yavan. So again, it goes through the astrological truths to these angels, angelic beings, that God gave a job to sort of run those people in that place and to influence them. And they are actually sometimes called, not malach with an aleph, but melech, they're called melechim, they're called kings, because basically they control, God gave them that type of control. Now, obviously the Ramban says God, they, they can't go against God. God is the Elohei Elohim, Adonai Adonim. But Eretz Israel doesn't have that structure. It's the, it's, it's the center of the planet. It's the place that's the Nachla Hashem. It's the place that's Miuchad and there isn't there a katsi
1: and a shoteirimoshio, and because that's ours. Yeah, right. So, so that is the that is the uh, the place
0: that is ours. Hamayuchad um, shmo zero avav. That is the place that the Pusik says, you're going to be a segula to me, and that, which means that I control everything, but this place is going to be different. Um, you have no connection to those other gods. And therefore, when we're there, we plug into the Kedusha of God. The kedusha and whether we keep arayot, whatever mitzvahs that we do,
1: and that's the reason why the Torah says in Parshas Kedoshim, it says, uh, incredible pasuk, it says, "You're going to get eretz yisrael
0: because, and I'm giving it to you, and by you getting eretz yisrael, that's how I separate you." From the other nations. Meaning, it isn't just they don't have Eretz Israel. The way he separates us from the Amim, is by giving us, because all the other Amim are under this very complex controlled system of Sarim and Mazolos and Elohim al but by giving us the land, that's the way he separates us. Only by having Eretz Yisrael connected to us are we not like the rest of the planet. And therefore, what happens is, is that our souls have a direct connection to the Rabon Shalom, where other human beings do not.
1: Now, that's the reason why when we do mitzvot in Chutzlaretz,
0: we can't help but be affected by the static by the, the, that's happening from those other, other from those other places from those, from those other sauin from, from, from the constellations and from the angels that control those constellations now eventually that system is going to shatter and everything is going to recognize God, and that's going to happen in some future time, but it hasn't happened yet. So therefore, when we do mitzvot in chutz Lawrence, they cannot affect the world and the planet the way and our connection to God the way they do in Eretz Yisrael. And the Ram and the Ramban proves it by the fact that the Kutim, who were idle, were, were a strange country, a strange nation that was brought in. They, as soon as they came into Eretz Israel, and they didn't know any better. They had never been really Jews before, but when they started doing Avodah Zarah, lions came out. Mountain lions came out
1: of the mountains to to kill them. And that's really the the the, the, the Earth itself has a
0: living dynamic. Now, everything I've just said here is something, as I said before, and I think I'm correct, that this is something that the Rambam would find in anethma. This statement, and Jessica was asking me about it before, this statement does not appear in the Rambam. Doma Kamisha, kemisha einwil eloha. That doesn't appear in the Rambam. The Rambam admits to the Kiddushah of Eretz israel He speaks about the centrality of Eretz israel about how it can't be, the, and how the Yishuv is is so crucial. But this idea that our Shamot are somehow more connected to God in Eretz Yisrael than they are in Chutzlars. The fact that there's this idea in this uh, that mitzvot don't work as much, that mitzvot don't mean as much, that mitzvot don't count as much, they don't affect the world as much. This is something that the Rambam cannot abide with. It's not part of his system at all. That's something which is the Rambam. And that's, I believe, as I said last week, a, a very important difference between them. And I think it's also as important enough to say that, remember, would the Rambam say that when you're putting on tefillin here in Elizabeth or wherever you are, that you're not really fulfilling it in the same way as you would in Eric Yisrael? Would he say that mitzvot are essentially training here, but they're mostly for people in Eretz Yisrael? The Rambam would reject that. That can't be. Humans are humans. There's nothing different between the essential human being wherever they are. And this idea of the essential difference between the Jew and the non-Jew is also something that I believe the Rambam, and the place where they live, is also something I believe the Rambam uh, would reject. And I think that is, um, in a sense here, a, a, a very subtle but important distinction between the two. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.